This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 562. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 562. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Here we are in the middle of July, in the middle of Retrain Your Brain Month. So if you haven't been listening in, we are in the middle of our summer series all about how to lead like a mother. Every week this summer, I am delivering bite-sized curriculum to help you get out of your own way, retrain your brain, and lean into leadership in all the areas where you are already a leader in your life, because you are already a leader and perhaps some new areas where you've been feeling a pull toward leadership. So in the month of June, we spent the entire month talking about how to get out of your own way. And this month, we're spending the whole month talking about how to retrain your brain, which will help you get out of your own way. And then in August, we're going to be talking about how to lean into leadership. Now that you've gotten out of your own way, you've retrained your brain, and now you can lean into leading in all the areas that you want to. So if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes in this series in June and July, no worries. You can listen in today and then go back but they're all really good. So don't miss out. Definitely subscribe to the show now so you get all the new episodes as they come out and then pop back and listen to those past few weeks as you have time. So today we are talking about 
acknowledging and assessing your negative thought patterns. So last week for week one of July's theme of retrain your brain, we talked about how your thoughts lead to action or inaction. And this week we're going to talk about negative thought patterns and we're going to acknowledge and assess that many of us, maybe all of us struggle with negative thought patterns at one time or another. And maybe every single day, we're going to talk through specifically seven different kinds of negative thought patterns. And I'll warn you, you're going to feel super called out (laughs) because you might relate to all seven of them. I know at different times in my life, I definitely have related to all seven of them, but I think this will help you see how you get stuck in your own head and how you get stuck in your own thoughts. And if you listen back to last week's episode, we talked about how thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions and actions lead to the outcomes that either we want or the outcomes that we don't want. And so if we can find where we get stuck in negative thought patterns and we can shift that thinking, then we have so much more power to be able to manage our feelings, which will then implicate our action steps. And then we have power over our outcomes. So this is really, really important if we can look and identify that we do get stuck in negative thought patterns and identify what they are and maybe how they show up more routinely than we'd like to admit. So I'm going to talk through these seven negative thought patterns. And I want to just give you a heads up. This is from work that I discovered from Dr. David Burns. And he has a book called Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, where he talks through these seven different negative thought patterns. So I've taken his thought patterns that he talks about and applied them to things that I think will be really relevant to all of you as you're listening. So let's dive in. So the first negative thought pattern that you might find to be relatable is all or nothing thinking. This is thinking in black and white extremes with little to no consideration for that middle gray area. This is one I struggle with for sure. (laughs) I think things are like all one way or all the other way, but I do struggle to see the gray and especially if I'm real fired up about something. And so what happens when we think in extremes, we can get in our own way because we can't see that middle gray area, which gives us a little more space for grace and gives us a little more space to maybe see other options and see other perspectives. And we also sometimes get really stuck in perfectionistic thinking when we are stuck in all or nothing thinking. So you might see your own accomplishments as either perfect or a complete failure. So we talked about doing B minus work recently. And when we do B minus work and we're working to overcome perfectionism, which we talked about back in June, When we're doing this B minus work and trying to overcome perfectionism, that's in the middle, right? It's not doing A plus work, but it's not doing like completely failure F work. It's really working in the middle. And if you are an all or nothing thinker, that might be really hard for you. You might really look at things as either like you've been completely successful at something or you've completely failed. And that's great when you're successful, but that can be real bad (laughs) if you are recognizing something is only a complete failure and you can't see where maybe even when something didn't go the way you wanted, it wasn't a complete failure or there was an opportunity to learn or an opportunity to grow or an opportunity to overcome some sort of obstacle that can lead to something great down the road. Another piece of all or nothing thinking is that we jump to these really big conclusions that don't serve us. An example of all or nothing thinking would be like, I yelled at my kids today. I'm a terrible mom. Oh my gosh. Can you relate? (laughs) Right? Or all or nothing thinking might be like, my house is always a disaster with three kids and two dogs. And I'm just like a gross lazy person. Like we make all these assumptions based on this all or nothing thinking that like, because of one thing, 
it means a whole bunch of other things. And without any consideration to like, hmm, maybe my house is messy because I've been working extra hours or because the kids are home way more than they used to be, or because we got a puppy, or maybe I yelled at my kids because a whole bunch of things happened today that I didn't see coming and I'm just really exhausted and overwhelmed, right? Or another example of all or nothing thinking might be believing that a person who believes a certain thing is a bad person. And this becomes really charged in our current political climate when we look at these assumptions that we make that a person that believes in a certain thing or believes a certain ideology is therefore a bad person. And now it's us against them. And you can see like, this is so clear in our media news media cycle, that we have so much black or white thinking that we can't come to a middle ground at all and agree on anything, which creates a lot of problems. There's a lot of costs for that when we have a government that's always at odds because there's so much black or white thinking that there's actually a lot of processes that get held up and people who are underserved because we can't have people who can see that gray in the middle and come together to make joint decisions that serve the greater good. So that's all or nothing thinking. That's number one. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under-sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Number two, this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Two, a second negative thought pattern is overgeneralization. So this is deciding that one negative thing leads to many more negative things. And you probably have heard people overgeneralize and you roll your eyes at them because it's kind of like the ER complex where like one bad thing happens and then they're like, well, this one bad thing happens and everything bad's going to happen because bad things just follow me wherever I go. And no one wants to be around an Eeyore. Like it's so hard to be around people who are consistently thinking like that. But that's that overgeneralization, deciding that one negative thing is going to lead to more negative things. So an example might be where someone lost a job during COVID and now they think they can't get another job until COVID's completely over. There's this overgeneralization and there's this ignoring that there might be a whole bunch of new opportunities now because of COVID. There's all these like different things that have come out and different ways of doing things. And maybe there's a whole bunch of different opportunities. Another example would be thinking today was a really hard day. And that means the rest of this week is just going to suck. It's just going to completely wreck me because Monday or Tuesday was not a great day. Like, can we just get to Saturday? And the reality is Monday or Tuesday could be really awful, but Wednesday could be really great, right? We also think this when we experience any sort of rejection. So an example for me that I could use is if a certain person didn't want to interview me for their podcast. So they rejected me and said, hey, Sarah, like this isn't a good fit for our show right now. And then I just decide that means no one ever does. I'm like, well, I guess no one wants me on their podcast. And so we make these like sweeping generalizations or assumptions based on one thing. And we let that one thing mean way more than it actually means. The reality of someone not wanting me on their show might be that they have their show booked out for the year or that the conversation and the content that I can bring to their show isn't what they're talking about right now, but maybe in six months it will be. It could be so many different things. Maybe they don't want any women on their show right now. They're focusing only on men. Maybe they don't want any white women on their show. They're focusing on women of color. Like there's so many reasons that would have nothing to do with me or my worth or my ability to bring value or be no indication of my other opportunities to be on a podcast. But when I feel that sense of rejection, I make this big generalization and then I get stuck in my own way in this negative thought pattern. The third way that you might be getting stuck in negative thought patterns is magnification and catastrophizing. So magnification and catastrophizing, that is a mouthful, is exaggerating with a focus on your imperfections and fears, making it all a much bigger deal than it really is. So Okay, you have children, if you're listening to this show, most likely. Children are really good at magnification and catastrophizing. So my child can go from thinking it's the best day ever to the worst day ever in a split second because of like a sock not fitting right. So magnification or catastrophizing is that exaggeration around one thing where all of a sudden, like the whole day's ruined because of this one little thing. So maybe you have a disagreement with someone and you're like, well, I guess we can never be friends again. Or I know for me with homeschooling and distance learning last year, my goodness, when we were told we had to keep our kids home for two weeks, 
I was like, there's no way we can do this. Like I am a working mother. I work from home. I can't do this. I can't work and have my child here. Like major catastrophizing. Oh my goodness. I think so many of us were in that situation. And then two weeks turned into six weeks, which turned into the rest of the school year being called off, which turned into the beginning of this year, not having school. And the reality was, yes, it was super hard. And also we could do it. We were able to pull ourselves together, get real scrappy and do it. And so with catastrophizing and magnification, you get stuck in these negative thought patterns that make you believe you can't do things, that make you believe that problems are much bigger than they really are. You magnify them. You turn things that are not the end of the world into major catastrophes. This also brings in the ladder of inference, which I think is worth mentioning here. So the ladder of inference is something that is used in therapy and psychology. And it's when something happens that you start to build these really big and inaccurate stories around it. So for example, let's say you got in a disagreement with a coworker and they ended up, maybe you were on Zoom. So you get in this disagreement with a coworker and it's a little bit awkward and then they end the call really abruptly and you in your mind make up this whole story about how they were totally offended by what you said. They're going to go tell your boss about it. And now you're going to have to have this uncomfortable conversation with your boss. And then you're going to have to be in this uncomfortable situation with your coworker. And you go up these rungs on a ladder and you make the story bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get to the top, you're like, I probably should just quit my job because this is going to be so awful to have to be in this awkward situation. And then like 15 minutes later, the person you were on Zoom with texts you or messages you and says, hey, sorry, I had to leave abruptly. My two-year-old had a major blowout and like poop was getting in the middle of the carpet and like with some sort of like, you know, laughing emoji. And you're like, holy cow, like I just made up this huge story in my head that this person basically hung up on me on Zoom because they hate me and they're going to report me. And the reality is like they had a toddler who had a blowout in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon and they had to go change a diaper. So we all have that ability to climb that ladder of inference really quickly and turn something that is not a big deal into a really big deal because we make up this huge story around it that's not even true. And I have to give credit, my friend Jessica Butts talks about this because she will go to people in her life and she models this so well and has shared many stories with me about how she models this, but she'll go to people in her life when she's climbing that ladder of inference and she'll say, hey, I'm telling myself a story that you don't like me for this reason or that you're mad at me for this reason or that you whatever. And can you... Like, tell me if that's true. And she says like nine times out of 10, the person's like, oh my gosh, no, I didn't think that at all. And so she'll be like, I'm telling myself the story that you're mad at me and you never want to talk to me again because you're offended that I said this thing. And then the person's like, no, like I was just having a bad day or I just needed a minute to reset or yes, I'd like to talk it through, but of course I still want to be friends. So we go to people and tell them these stories and just insane it out loud sometimes we're like, I can see that I'm being ridiculous, that I'm like catastrophizing for no reason or just really like overly invested in making this a horrible situation and magnifying this into something that it really doesn't need to be. So that's number three. Number four is emotional reasoning. So emotional reasoning is a negative thought pattern where you believe your feelings accurately represent your truth. Now, your feelings are real for sure. So if you feel really disappointed or really lonely or really sad, like that's all real for sure. But our feelings are triggered by our thoughts, right? Which we talked about last week. So our feelings are triggered by our thoughts. So if we're having a thought that every time we try something, it doesn't work. Or every time we put ourselves out there for an opportunity at work, we get shot down or we don't feel seen or no one engages with us the way we want. We might have a lot of feelings about that. We might feel frustrated. We might feel really exhausted. We might feel not seen. We might feel just defeated. It might feel heavy. 
But those feelings don't always represent the truth. Because with that, we can start to feel really inadequate and unworthy and not qualified. And that's not the truth. So when we feel rejected or we feel heavy, hard feelings, the truth behind that is that like we had a hard moment or we ha- we're in a hard situation, but it doesn't always mean that like everything is awful and everything is hard and that we're actually unworthy or unqualified. It means in this moment, we're just struggling. So emotional reasoning can create the space where we stay stuck in emotions instead of taking a critical look at what's true. So I know for me, like I'll have this happen. This happened for me in COVID with my business multiple times where I would get stuck at like feeling like something was really hard and I couldn't figure it out. And I would think about it that like if only COVID hadn't happened, like this would be easier and I would be able to have this play out in a different way. And Instead of, I would get myself very stuck in the emotions around this, feeling frustrated and defeated and overwhelmed. And instead, I needed to stop and take a look at what is true, a critical look at what is true. And what happened when every time I did that is I was able to remind myself that, you know what, you were able to survive your fitness business in 2008, 2009, when the economy collapsed, and you had to shift and pivot everything overnight. Like you lost all your clients real quick, not all, but most of your clients real quick and had to replace that income and had to figure things out and had to do like a massive pivot. And you were able to figure that out. The truth is that you are good at figuring things out. You're good at being creative. You're good at being entrepreneurial when push comes to shove. So I can feel defeated and overwhelmed and frustrated and maybe even, you know, mad and angry because of COVID. And I can also take a critical look at what is true. And the truth is I'm adaptable and I'm scrappy and I'm resourceful and I'm resilient. Okay, so emotional reasoning can keep us really stuck if we're letting ourselves believe that our feelings in any given moment accurately represent our hard feelings, especially accurate and negative feelings represent the truth. Also, we can have this sense of everything feels so heavy and so sad and there's no way to find answers or find peace or find hope. And that's just not true. There's so many ways to find answers and find peace and find hope. That doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's absolutely possible. And so we have to look at when we're feeling those big things that are heavy and hard, we have to look at what is the truth about who I am and how I show up and how I practice resilience. And then what am I going to do about that? Number five, the fifth way that we get stuck in negative thought patterns is should statements, constantly thinking about what you should do and feeling like a failure because you're not actually doing that thing. And this shows up in motherhood all the time. When you're like, I should clean the house. I should reply to all the emails. I should plant a garden. I should work out. I should write a book. I should learn how to knit. I should call my mom more. This is like always running in our head, right? Oh my gosh. This can make us feel so inadequate every single day because we basically can like jump to this place where we're sitting around making a list of all the things that we're not accomplishing, all the things that we should be doing that we don't have the bandwidth for or the time for or the energy for. And we can so quickly go down this negative spiral that is so detrimental and definitely does not serve us. So should statements, sometimes it's related to comparing ourselves to other people. I should do something like someone else does it, or I should look like someone else, or I should take pride in my front yard like my neighbors or what have you. And the reality is, is those should statements and that process of thinking over time can really wear down on us and can really keep us stuck in our own way and can really keep our brain in these repetitive loops that do not serve us. Number six is rumination. Rumination is obsessive and constant focus on negative thoughts and outcomes to the point of being stuck, mentally exhausted, unhappy, non-productive, and maybe even depressed. I will tell you as someone that struggles with anxiety and manages anxiety every day, obsessive thoughts are very familiar to me. 
obsessive thoughts. And my obsessive thinking is a lot around like, I hope I can do it. Or I just want it to be over. Even things I'm looking forward to, like I just want it to be over. I know it's going to be great, but I'm nervous about it. So I just want it to be over. So obsessive and constant focus on negative thoughts and outcomes to the point of feeling mentally exhausted and being stuck and unhappy. This can really, really hold us back. It holds us back from taking action. So it keeps us very stuck in our own way. But it also keeps our brain on these obsessive loops that totally get in our way of being productive and being positive and really stepping into our power. And here's what I know. And I don't know if this resonates with other people, but I think it will. For me, these thoughts are much more likely and much more frequent when I'm isolated. So I referenced, I think, in the last episode, how I recognized In my 20s, I spent some time living alone and I didn't notice that it was hard or not good for me until I moved in with some roommates. And then I realized like, wow, my mental health was not at its best when I lived alone. That isolation for me was too much time to ruminate. It was too much time for my obsessive and constant focus on thoughts that kept me very mentally exhausted. So recognizing where do you get stuck in rumination? Where do you get stuck in any of these things? Maybe for you, it's should statements. And maybe it's every time you're on social media, you get stuck in should statements, comparing yourself to other people. Where do these thought patterns creep up for you under what circumstances, what situations? And then what can you do about that once you know about it? So rumination might be something that creeps up more when you're isolated. So then what can you do to make sure that you're not isolated for long periods of time, especially coming out of COVID? I was just talking to someone um, in an interview last week about, COVID and how introverts and extroverts handle it differently and how extroverts have really struggled not having as much opportunity to externally process. That's really, really important for extroverts. And I'm an extrovert. So if we don't have that, that being isolated can be really, really hard. So making sure that we create opportunities for ourselves that keep us from falling into those negative thought patterns. And then number seven is overthinking. Overthinking is planning for every possible outcome, trying to control all the scenarios. Raise your hand, control freaks, because I am right there with you, trying to control all the scenarios. I know for me, this was a huge issue when I was in newborn land, when Vinny was really little, overthinking everything, planning for everything, trying to control everything. And it completely exhausted me and wore me out. And it really contributed to that first year being so much harder than it needed to be, especially when it came to nursing. Oh my goodness, so much overthinking and obsessing about nursing and trying to plan for all these things I couldn't control, mainly my milk supply and how it would impact his weight, which did not go well. And that was really, really critically difficult for me. And it ended up really taking away from that newborn experience for me because I was so caught up in overthinking things, trying to control things. At one point when I was nursing, I was taking like 30 supplements a day, like 30 pills a day and different kinds of supplements, trying to increase my milk supply, just trying to like control, manage, micromanage, change things, move things, like all the variables all the time. And it just was so not good for my mental health. And it also, it made me feel like I could control something, but the reality was it didn't change the outcome. It didn't actually give me more milk. My child did not actually gain weight from me trying to nurse. And ultimately we ended up starting formula. And I so wish we had done that months earlier than we did it because it was such a godsend once we finally did it, once I finally got over myself and stopped overthinking everything. Oh my goodness, it was so, so much better. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now 
we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. So those are... I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell?, laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. your seven negative thought patterns and I told you you might feel a little called out so I want you to acknowledge and assess which ones are most significant in your life so number one all or nothing thinking number two overgeneralization number three magnification and catastrophizing number four emotional reasoning number five should statements number six rumination number seven overthinking so we are going to be here next week to talk about how to start to overcome negative thought patterns, which I'm very excited to talk about. So this is taking you from this place of like, oh crap, I get stuck in these negative thought patterns. What do I do to break the cycle? That's what we're going to talk about next week. We'll talk about how you can start to overcome those negative thought patterns so that you can retrain your brain to work in more productive and powerful ways. This is going to be a game changer for you. So I cannot wait to see you next week. I'll be back here on Wednesday for an amazing interview, of course. And then I'll be back here next week on Monday with episode three of our July retrain your brain theme. And remember, this is all part of our summer series lead like a mother. So if you've missed any of our other episodes this month or back in June, definitely go back and listen. And then please do subscribe to the show so you can follow up and listen throughout the rest of the summer as we work through the rest of this month and August. And share this episode out share this episode and this whole season with other moms, you know, who could benefit from this information who could benefit from getting out of their own way retraining their brains, stepping into their power and leading like a mother. Thank you for being here and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode 
episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 